This is CliffCentral.com. I don't think we've played this one in a while, actually. Nah, it's been a while. Anyway, look, let's just start. Let's just start with a big question. Oh, what is the big question? Anthea, why didn't you call your book "I Work Hard for My Money"? <laughs> Very actually, good, that is ben. so true. <laughs> I should have called it because I would have drawn. Or I work hard for your money. Oh, you know, sounds a bit try hard. That's a, <laughs> that sounds. <laughs> Could but you be did, you misconstrued. Did see the back cover, right? Where Gareth uh, quoted. Yes. Yes, he said. She yeah, but I mean, I, that's just Gareth quoting. I mean, we're talking titles here. We're, talk, <laughs> we're talking your legacy here. Then I would have been a real bestseller, hey? yeah. That title. Oh, that's what <laughs> or put an F in the word. <laughs> that's, what, that's what happens if you don't ask me for advice. Oh, oh that's wow. The, that is exactly the problem. Also, very humble there, Ben. That's <laughs> ben, what are we buying today? What stocks are we buying today? I'm just asking for advice. Anthea, you've got to prepare your own show. Come on. All right. Let me me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) What are we buying today, Anthea? Oh, I'm not sure what we're buying today because the market's definitely going to be lower. Asia is down between 1.5% and 2.5%. And 2.5% in Asia is a big move. I think everybody's worried about these trade wars. The other thing we're worried about Funnily enough, this is a strange one, is that U.S. non-farm payrolls came in at 224,000 on Friday versus an expected 160,000. Now, you'd think that was a good thing because it shows that the U.S. economy is growing or that they're creating jobs and employing people. But actually what's happened now is that the market is worried that the U.S. Fed may not cut interest rates because last month when we saw the the non-farm payrolls, the unemployment number, um, we thought that the that the U.S. Fed was saying, well, actually, you know, the economy is not growing as fast as we'd like to. We're going to stimulate by cutting rates. And so, unfortunately, that changes things a little bit. Trading volumes were really low last week because it was Independence Day on Thursday. Um, but we did manage... To get the rand below 14 against the US dollar on Thursday for the first time since April. A mm. uh, bit of a risk on trade for emerging markets, so everybody buying emerging market currencies. But then unfortunately, the rand weakened again on Friday to, four, to close at 14.22. Um, and, and this really was all about the non farm payrolls and the worry around interest rates and slowing growth, global growth. Hmm. Okay. And then In Europe, we saw the announcement that Christine Lagarde will take up the position of head of the European Central Bank. This is amazing. What do you think about it? I I think it's fantastic. I think she's the perfect person for the job. Unfortunately for her, though, I think she's been given a hospital pass by Super Mario, as we call him, Draghi. Um, So as it is at the moment, um, you know, interest rates are pretty much at zero in Europe. In fact, in Germany, they're in negative. So you pay the bank to hold money for you. <laughs> no, isn't that weird? Eh? Um, and it, the, the inflation is well below target. And really, she's known for being a dove. And the only real kind of uh, tool in her arsenal or qu- bow in her quiver is the interest rate. And if interest rates are already kind of zero below, then what else is she going to do? So mm. things are not 
going to be easy for her. But she's the perfect person to handle it. You know, coming into a position like that and there's so much glory attached to it, but at the same time, that glory will fade away in two seconds and people go, well, what are you going to do? So it isn't an easy position to take up at all. No, but, but she's the right person, no doubt. And we also had some great news here for NASPA's South Africa with a new appointment. Yeah, Putima Yele Dabengwa was appointed as NASPA's South Africa's CEO. So she used, you may know her, she used to head up Cyril Ramaphosa's Shanduka. Yes. Before she went off and started her own private equity business called Sigma. Now, I'm not sure what she's going to do with Sigma. As far as I know, they've been going for about four or five years. So the same as Cartesian Capital, my business. Um uh, but I think she's got other people to run that. So she'll be in charge of the NASPES's kind of flagship South African units, the foundry, so NASPES foundry and NASPES labs, basically the local private equity business or social impact businesses run here. I, I think it's a great position and she, she's so smart. She's, she really is the right person to run that. Yeah. Two fantastic women really being promoted. Um, and then Reuters is reporting that our government is considering swapping ESCOM's debt for government bonds or ring-fenced in a special oh, account. Anthea, now what I does this say, mean? I know, I say that with that like, you know this is not good tone of voice, right? <laughs> um, I, so the problem with ESCOM is that we already, the government, when mm-hmm. I say the government, remember that the government runs on our tax money, right? Yeah. Just Let's not forget that. Let's call so it the, what it is. Exactly. So the government has already pledged 230 billion rand in aid of ESCOM. And we already guarantee so much of the state-owned enterprise um, debt that, quite frankly, it leaves South Africa, the country, in a rather precarious position. We're way over-indebted, like just far too much. And I think Moody's are, and, and the ratings agencies are cottoning onto this because Moody's did warn that we have to watch our debt, and if we don't, they're going to downgrade us to junk status. Remember, they're the only ones, the only rating agency that at this stage have not downgraded us to full junk status, I'm afraid. Mm. So, yeah, it. I mean, it, it sounds great, oh, you know, the government's going to ring fence this debt and, or put it in a special account so that it can't be touched or it can't impact them. But actually they are where the buck stops. And so there's no, no matter how they ring fence it, if you're going to bail out ESCOM, the only person to do it or people to do it is government. Taxpayer money. Yikes. And where does, yeah, that just keeps on going on and on with the drama. Talk about going on and on and drama. We need to talk about. Beautiful segue with this mess going on with Trevor Manuel. Yes. Uh huh. What is that all about? (laughs) Peter Moyo and Trevor Manuel fighting. I mean, this is just another level, right? So now Moyo has accused Trevor Manuel of having ulterior motives and acting in bad faith after Trevor Manuel, who's the chairman of Old Mutual South Africa, um, First suspended him and then fired him. Um, and they're accusing Moyo of having outside interests and basically using Old Mutual to fund his other company or, you know, to pass um, deals onto Moyo's company. Moyo has now come back and said, well, actually, Trevor Manuel has done exactly the same because he was in charge of Rothschild, um, which is a financial advisory business. And when Old Mutual... Um, separated and sold off their asset management business in the UK called Quilter now, which is also listed on the JSE, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, he made sure that Rothschild got a cut of the advisory fee. So. Don't you think this is a little petty? 
Well, actually, I think petty. Yeah, it seems a bit petty. But the way con- they're going about it. Well, tr- Peter Moyer has taken this to court, so I'm not sure that means well, it's petty. No, no, no. But my concern with it is that Peter Moyer has so much detail that actually it feels like there's something in it, like smoke and fire. And mm-hmm. all that. So it's not just Peter Moyer fighting back, you know, and saying you unfairly dismissed me. It's a bit more than that, I think. Oh and that goodness. and that would be very disappointing because, you know, we all like Trevor Manuel and we think he's kind of upstanding gentleman. And, and, and Are you surprised by these allegations, whether they're true or not, but... You know, smoke and fire theory. Are you surprised by the smoke? Um, I would be disappointed in Trevor Manuel if that did happen. Very disappointed. He should know better, basically. I can see how it happens. It's so easy when you're working for a company and you want a deal and you're, you're trying to kind of garner revenue and do deals and you know somebody who knows somebody and you put them in touch with each other mm-hmm. and you say, oh, by the way, you know, this would be a great help for your business and – but Trevor Manuel should know that if he's chairman of Old Mutual and he works for Rothschild, that he can't blur the lines. Like, And that's the problem in South Africa at the moment, I think, and that's where corruption starts, is it doesn't start by somebody giving you a bag of 200 rand bulls. It starts with, you know, I work for this company. We need to generate revenue. We've got a great advisory business on the side. Let me introduce you to another company where I'm sitting on the board that needs advice. You see, we don't realize that because it's part, it's so much part of the culture. It's like, yeah, exactly. of course, I'm just connecting the two of you. I'm helping you. Oh, yeah, it's the connections. That, that's exactly right. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, I had a very similar situation where somebody I know quite well said um, she was talking to somebody else. And she said, you know, when they put out a tender, because this person had said they hadn't won the tender. And she said, well, when you put out a tender or when you see a tender being put out, when you... um Submit f- your proposal for the tender Maybe go and speak to the people Who have put out the tender And say to them Like you know You've got to think about quality And this is what we offer And this is how things go And maybe think about it like this Actually no That's interference And I know you want to win the tender But it's interference Of the tender process And you actually should stay away from it But in South Africa It's, it, it's just normal practice To Kind of desperately win the business And mm. it's okay to say Things like You know I'm more BE than you And so I should get your tender yeah. Like it's, it's actually not okay Should this get even more legal Activity Do you think this is going to be a bit of a wake up call You're talking about Peter Moyer and Trevor yeah. Manuel um, I A think wake up call already, in the way people operate No because I think there's already So many examples of it In the news but people haven't cottoned on. I think we need to openly have the discussion like you and I are having now. Mm-hmm. Like, don't interfere with a tender process. If you're a chairman of a board or if you just sit on a board and your company wants business, then don't do it. They, you have fiduciary duties. So I sit on two boards. I sit on my school, my old school board, and I sit on an early care foundation board. And I manage money. And both of those organizations have cash that they need managed. But mm-hmm. I will not manage the money, even though I would appreciate the fees in my business. Because <laughs> I, I want to be objective. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and people just, yeah. So, so they're so dis, most people would say, well, that's fine. Bring me the business. I'll manage it. But you can't. And I think you are very right by saying 
he should know better. Like Trevor yeah, Manuel should know better. I think it seems very basic to so be. Basic. To even have this conversation of like, guys, you actually can't be doing this. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when once you have certain years of experience, once you've seen many, many things, you should know better. Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 yeah, quite it's a juvenile hard, It's thing. hard when the economy is struggling and your business is struggling and, you know, fighting for every last cent of revenue to stay on the absolute straight and narrow. Right. But it's something South African, as South Africans, I think we must learn. Well, and Anthea, can we help out one of our listeners who sent us an email, Jason Thorne? So Jason mailed us and said, Hi, Gareth Cliff Show team. I'm one of those silent listeners been with you guys from the beginning. Thank you. But seeing that I only listen to the podcast, I feel like I'm a bit too late to comment on things as they happen. However, this time I figured Cliff Central could give me some good advice, more specifically Anthea. No offense to CN Ben. <laughs> I don't know why we were specifically mentioning this, Jason, but... <laughs> Moving on very swiftly. Um, I'm trying to persuade some people around me to stay away from what seems to be a too good to be true investment. Jason then says, basically what's making this an attractive investment to them is that from a 2,500 rand investment into carrot bars, they are reporting to get a, an ROI of 1.5 million rands by 2023. So that's in four years time. To me, that sounds insanely ridiculous. That's more than 10,000% interest in the first year so please can you get anthea to confirm my skepticism on the money shot love the show keep it up regards jason jason thanks so much for your email of course i'd never heard of this company called carrot bar so i had to go and look them up carrot spelled k-a-r-o-t like as in jewelry yes Yes. um so carrot bars was founded in 2011 head headquartered in stuttgart germany the founder is a guy called harold size who has been in the financial industry since the 1980s. He claims he's done real estate, insurance, finance, all sorts of precious metals. And Carrot Bars basically is an MLM business, so multi-level marketing business. Some of us call it pyramid schemes. <laughs> and did that give it away? Pyramids Ooh. are made up of levels, <laughs> multiple yes. levels. Multi-levels. so diplomatic of <laughs> Some of us call it. <laughs> or it's also called referral marketing. So basically, they will pay you to get somebody else to inv- not invest, buy their product. And their product is gold bars or slices of gold or pieces of gold. So you can see where this is going, right? The more people you introduce, the more money you make. Multi-level marketing, mm-hmm. pyramid scheme, referral business. Okay. Um, there, there's quite a lot on the internet about this, and carrot bars have, in fact, come up a, come, a, a, against a couple of governments in the past, Canada being one of them. Um, you know, in the fraud prevention month, they were mentioned and all this sort of thing. And I think I've given you enough clues, right? So. I, I don't know if Carrot Bars is legitimate or not. It seems like they actually do run a good business. But are you going to make a return on investment of 10,000% in four years? Mm-hmm. Too good to be true? Mm. If it sounds too good to be true, it, it probably, probably is. <laughs> well, and that's the, tr- uh. the truth, courtesy of Anthea. Well, Anthea, thank you so much for that Thanks, advice. Guys. Have a good week. Have an awesome week. This is CliffCentral.com.